Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Kerbison. And today, the Pruitt era is over. We talk about him and Philip Fulmer both out. I also have special guest Justin Hunter on the show. And we talk about his career and what he's doing now. So, let's start the show. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out one of our sponsors, uh, Bet Online. So the Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to for a place to bet on any of the sports going on, BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. So last week I gave a couple picks, Cleveland uh, plus 10, and was right on that one. I thought it would be a lot closer than people. I mean, 10 is just way too big of a margin. Uh, also had New Orleans minus three. I thought they'd be they'd play better than that. Uh, you know, Drew Brees is he's done, man. I, I mean, he just really didn't have the arm uh, to compete in that game, throwing three interceptions. Uh, it really stinks to see him go out that way, but they move on. So semifinal round uh, locks of the week. Uh, I got Green Bay minus three and a half over the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. I I think. You know, the game earlier in the season was a little bit of a fluke. Um, Green Bay's offense is just so powerful. And Tom Brady seems more of a game manager right now than a game winner. I know he's the GOAT, obviously. But, you know, he threw for 199 yards this past game, just made sure not to turn the ball over. And competing against that offense, it's it's got to be more than that. Um, and then Kansas City is set at minus three right now. This could drastically change if Patrick Mahomes plays or not. If he is not playing, that is a great line to jump on. Uh, I think the Bills would win outright. I think they would crush him if P. Holmes isn't playing. I think that's their entire team. I mean, shout out to Henny for doing all he could to win that game versus the Browns. But uh, he can't take him that far. And honestly, I would go both unders for both of these games under set at 51 for the green bay and tampa game and 54 for the kansas city and bills game that's a lot a lot a lot a lot of points and recently most of the games are gone under so i'm going to stick with the theme uh so from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online and there's always an online casino as well it never closes 
So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, the Pruitt era is over. He is out of there. Oh, boy. Him and Fulmer both leaving. Fulmer uh, getting a retirement. Just looks strange in my eyes. Pruitt is going to try and fight this. He already came out, his lawyer, uh, making statements about how it was unjust, um, how he had nothing to do with the recruiting violations. And I, I, I almost believe him because of the fact that Fulmer is being forced into retirement. Fulmer got us a national championship, got us a bunch of SEC championship games, one of our best coaches that UT has ever had, and is seen as a legend around Knoxville. I think while he was at UT, he was cheating. He was paying guys just like every other coach does. It's the worst-kept secret in college football that people cheat. It's unbelievable that we still get caught for it. We're the freaking worst team in the SEC. Why are you coming after us? I mean, look at Alabama, man. They're good now that they have championships. You know, Nick Saban doesn't have to, but to start that, I mean, to get to where they are, definitely some fucking loopholes they went through. So, worst kept secret. And I think Fulmer came in as an AD and said, I'm going to do it like I did back in the day. I paid these guys back in the day. I got boosters to come and give them cash to have them over at their house to, you know, give everything they wanted to them. So that's what I'm going to do as an AD. And I think his influence is what did it. I think that's why Jeremy Pruitt's fighting it, because his staff members were the ones who actually did the cheating, who actually gave the money out or, you know, took them to dinners or something like that. But I think they were influenced by Fulmer. If they weren't, there's no reason they would fire Fulmer. You're not going to force a guy into early retirement because he hired a guy that ended up doing something wrong. There's no way for Fulmer to know that he was going to cheat. So you're forcing him into early retirement because he had something to do with it. Fulmer definitely had something to do with it. That's why he's being let go. They just didn't want to disgrace his name because he is a legend in Knoxville. And he asked to not have his name disgraced. That is the only reason he is just retiring and not getting fired. I think it's more about the record than anything. I don't think it's a huge um, scandal of recruiting. I don't even know if Jeremy Pruitt was involved. It's just he didn't show up on the field. His record wasn't good enough. And they tried to find anything and everything they could to get rid of him. That's what happened. And I just don't understand the entire situation. I don't understand, you know, what exactly happened in the investigation. Apparently, Jeremy Pruitt doesn't think he did anything wrong. And the players including Brian Maurer, who's one of the first people interviewed, 
one of the key people into the investigation of getting illegal benefits said why on Twitter after they fired Jeremy Pruitt. Why? He's questioning why Jeremy Pruitt is being fired? You are supposed to be the one who got the benefits, man. You're supposed to be in the middle of this whole thing. How do you not know? How do you not know why? If he doesn't know why, if he thinks whatever happened to him or Eric Gray or the Mims guy who went to Georgia was so petty and so small that it's not a fireable offense, then it probably was so petty and so small. I mean, there's your proof right there. This was picking nits to try and fire this man without paying his buyout. Jeremy Pruitt's going to fight it tooth and nail because he wants that money. We just couldn't financially recover from paying another freaking buyout. So, tried to find anything to get rid of it. Really shout out to all the players who have come out and say they're going to stay. They're going to be a part of this team. Um, They're still with UT. I love that. I I mean, I've said before on this show that you shouldn't pick a place because of a coach. And it's the truest statement I've ever made. You never know if that coach is going to be there the whole time you're there. So you never know if that coach that recruited you is going to be there when you get there. So it's better to pick a place off the culture, off of the academics, off of the environment, off of the guys that are coming in with you, off of the fan base. Those kind of things don't change. Can't make a decision off of an ever-changing aspect of a school. But, dude... It's about to be a rough three or four years. Kevin Steele coming in as interim head coach. He might just be there until all of the recruiting violations are gone. And I don't know if he wants it. I mean, it is a good opportunity, I guess, for him. He's in a no-lose situation. Everyone expects you to be absolutely horrible. So if you go 500 or better... People will be pleasantly surprised. You might get a head coaching job at a smaller school and then just be able to grow from there. And who knows how dumb UT's been in the past. You might get this freaking coaching job and solidify it. Who knows? But for the next three or four years, we're going to be awful. Breaking down film and watching games is going to be heart-wrenching. And it stinks, man. Like, after I found out they were letting him go, they were letting go of, of Fulmer, it, it, it's just freaking depressing, man. Just depressing. It sucks to see your team be like this, to be a VFL and see these kind of things happen to the university you love so much. I grew up a UT fan. I went to UT because I was from East Tennessee that – they, they're what I loved. That's ultimately why I made the decision to go there. I could have gone to Alabama, and I could have won multiple championships. But that's not what it's all about for me. I, I didn't want to wear that crimson. Get out of here. Gross. I hate that. I could have gone to Florida. I didn't want to wear that blue and orange. Freaking makes me puke. Could have gone to Georgia. 
They don't want to wear the red and black. I don't want to be a part of those programs. I want to be a part of Tennessee. I want to be part of the orange and white. I wanted to bring it back to where it should be. And in 2023, when we're barely winning any games, I can say I was part of the best team UT football's had in the past 15 years. And that's a fact. 2015, 9-4, 5-3 in the SEC. The best team in the past 15 years. That's some solace. I I mean, that makes me feel good, I guess, because I was part of it. But I feel horrible because there wasn't anything better. When you're trying to leave something better than you found it, it, you want it to succeed more. And it just fell off. It just fell off, man. Again, the wheels just fell off. And we're lower than we ever have been. I mean, this is this is not even close to, you know, when Dooley left. Uh, when he was fired, it, it, it was almost inevitable. Um, you know, he, I mean, I remember a team meeting he had with us before he was fired. And he cried in front of all of us all of us guys on the team and it was just like, I love, I love you guys. And you know, my family has loved it here and I love being here. I love being the head coach here and I'm sorry that we haven't succeeded like we should. And this is before he was fired. Like writing was on the wall. We, you know what I mean? And then we lost to Vandy and it was, it was sad. It was very sad. I felt really bad for the guy, and it always stinks seeing someone lose their job like that. It, you know, even if they didn't succeed in the way they should have, it, I mean, it still sucks to see that. I, how many hours you spend with the people in the facility, it makes you a part of a family, even if you not necessarily like a guy it's you're still almost a family member the adversity that you all have to go through together makes you so close so it's hard to leave a school and then shit on the person that you went through so much with and people want me to hate Dooley and to hate Butch but I can't I really can't Coach Dooley gave me an opportunity to play for my favorite team and school ever. He gave me an opportunity to do that by giving me a scholarship. How can I be mad at him for that? He was put into a job he wasn't ready for. I can't be mad at him for that because someone else put him in a job he wasn't ready for. I love the guy. I can't be mad at Butch. My last two years were the most successful years of my college career. It was the most fun I had. I won the most games. Went to two back-to-back bowl games. I got rings from the bowl games. I got so much more gear. We switched over to Nike. 
I played the best football game I've ever played versus Georgia in my senior year. I developed my game so much more. I got a chance to be SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. I got all SEC votes. And none of that would have been possible if he wasn't there. He changed a lot of stuff that needed to be changed. He put in aspects into the culture of our program that needed to happen to show more effort, to lose some weight. At one point, I was 330 pounds at UT. I got down to 305 so I could play in that spread offense that Coach Jones had. I mean, there's a lot of stuff he integrated that helped us win, that made it possible. I think he got a little overwhelmed and thought he might have to change a lot of stuff, and he he shouldn't have. He should have stayed the course and kept the guys he brought in from Cincinnati. Those are the guys he brought in from Central Michigan. Those are the guys who were with him for years and how he had success. And he, I think he should have kept them. I think they were really big parts of his success. And almost like I said, being a family, it, it really does make a difference. But man, I know I can say this for every VFL out there. This stinks. This sucks. This is not going to be fun. I know people might get excited about another coaching search and enjoy it, but these three, four-year rotations of coaches, it's never going to work. It's never going to be good. No coach is ever going to be good enough in just three years. I believe that. I think coaches need more than three. I always will say that. Oh, man. You know, and I I thought Pruitt was it, man. I I thought he was a refresher from Coach Jones. I thought, you know, he was so concentrated on just X's and O's in football that it would make a big difference. And he was able to bring in a lot of really good players. And... I think, I don't know. I I mean, he underperformed. He mismanaged the quarterback situation. But I also think there might have been some meddling. I think Fulmer was probably meddling in some different stuff, just like with the recruiting. I think he was meddling with that. I think he was probably meddling in the offense. Um, I think he was probably meddling in decision-making that's going on with the team. And I think that's what caused this whole breakdown. I think that's why he's getting forced into retirement. As much blame as we put on Jeremy Pruitt for the Vols being bad, you can put exactly as much, if not more, on Philip Fulmer. And it changes my perspective on him. Because before, I thought it was not a good decision to get rid of him in the first place. I thought... He was a great coach. When I grew up and watched UT football, he was a coach I knew, and he was the one we were winning with. And when we went to games, we expected to win. And it was with him. So why would I think anything different? But 
with the amount of meddling and getting involved with what was going on, it changes my perspective. I, I just can't see him in the same light. Why would you do that? You are not the head coach anymore, man. You're the AD. So let's hire somebody and let them coach. If he were to do that, if he were to let him coach, if he were to not meddle into recruiting or meddle into offensive game planning, defensive game planning, personnel decisions, then he wouldn't be getting fired. He wouldn't be getting forced into retirement. That's all the proof you need that he was meddling. And it's freaking sad. You got to let the coach do what he came there to do. Coach. And honestly, you know who I'd really like to coach for us? Is Gerard Mayo. If not a head coach, a defensive coordinator. He's done some great things in the coaching realm. He knows football. I think he would be a great recruiter. I think he can connect with the younger guys because, I mean, he's not that old himself. And I almost imagine it like a Vrabel type where he's just a boy, just likes to get his hands dirty, be in the middle of everything, be in the pack, and just tough as nails. And I love that. That's what I want. I don't want someone to come in and be satisfied with anything but the best. Because that's how Nick Saban is. He's not satisfied with anything. He's barely satisfied with a national championship. But he can't even smile after he wins one. Our next coach has to be the coach. This cannot be a quick decision. Do not bring in someone next week. If you do... I'm going to be pissed unless you have been searching, interviewing, looking for coaches since early November when you got the tip. Then it's, you know, two months of searching. I'll understand. But if you go into this quick, if you just pick somebody out of out of nowhere, like we did with Dooley, someone who's not prepared you're letting us down again. We'll be doing this again in three to four years. Let Kevin still steal stay there for a year. Let him be the interim coach this next year. Watch him win f- four games. And get us through the NCAA vi- violations. Hire an AD. And then have that AD find a coach starting next year. It's just the way it's going to have to be. We're going to have to suck this coming year if we want any kind of growth in the years to come. And I hope the players give it their all still, even though it's not going to be pretty. And I said this, I tweeted this earlier, whoever starts first, Salter or Bailey will be one of the most beloved quarterbacks in UT history because he'll be someone who stayed, who fought, who 
gave his heart and soul for us when we were at our lowest, when we had no one, when everybody else left us. He will be the one to give it all. Give his give his all. Give his all for Tennessee. And that's what you want out of each player. And it will be the most anyone has ever given because of the situation we're in. And I don't know if Bailey stays. I know his you know, dad said he wouldn't want to be here if it wasn't for you know Jeremy so it's tough transfer portal rules make it so easy for everybody to leave I really hope they can keep those guys on um and maybe you can entice them by saying hey fresh start clean slate anybody can play anybody can start we have no expectations for this upcoming season if we lose every game okay that was bound to happen So if you want to play, if you want to start, if you want to fight for a position, this is the team to be on. If you think you're better than everybody else out there, you think you deserve a chance to start, this is the team to be on. No expectations, still an SEC team, you're still going to get televised games, and it's the easiest way to fight for a position. You don't have to compete against guys that have a relationship with a coach or anything like that. The only guy who's got a relationship with a coach is the transfer from Auburn, Cat Bryant. Every other position's wide open, baby. Competition. Turn up. Is that not what you want? You want to be the best as a player, you got competition. Here we go. The worst years in Tennessee football are these. Can't wait to keep up with everything that's going to go on. I really want to hear about exactly the violations that happened. And I, I almost think they're pretty petty violations. If I'm reading into you know the facts and the story. Because the players can't even imagine why he would get fired. They're so petty. Players have to know about the violations. They have to. The guys got interviewed for it. One of the play the players are the reason for the violations. So whoever was a part of it had to have shared it with the team, said exactly what happened. And they're all confused as to why Pruitt's being fired. So they know it wasn't him and it wasn't bad. So, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I can see another Greg Schiano happening. Where they try and bring in someone real quick. And Vault Twitter tears them apart. I'm really worried about that. <laughs> I can really see it happening. Gosh, man. I, we need a good coach. Hugh Freeze, maybe. Lane Kiffin, maybe. Tom Herman, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know what makes them a good coach. I don't know if they're going to be the people they need to be because being a head coach is different than being a coordinator. 
It's so much different. You really got to lead and motivate men way more than you actually have to coach. That's why not every coordinator makes a good coach. Makes a good head coach, I should say. But boy, am I tired. Boy, am I tired of this. Tired of us losing. Tired of us looking like this. Tired of us being the laughing stock of the SEC. Tired of us being the easy win for teams, man. Have some pride in what you're doing. Go out there and fight your butt off. <sighs> All right. Uh, I got one more ad and then interview with Justin Hunter. All right. So we got another ad this week, and it is Kansas City Stakes. With a new year comes tons of big games and sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping with the code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor. The mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, the mac and cheese melts, the shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big tastes. All right, so we welcome on a special guest. He is from uh, Virginia. He was a... Uh, all-American USA high jumper in high school with a record of 7-2, if you can believe it. Uh, he was all-SEC wide receiver in 2012. He's 11th all-time in receiving yards at Tennessee. He has tied the record for most touchdowns in a game with three, and he did it twice while at Tennessee. And he was the 34th overall pick to the Tennessee Titans wide receiver, Justin Hunter. How are we doing, Justin? <laughs> We're doing good. How you doing, Kurt? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm trying to make it through this uh, tumultuous situation we have going on over at Tennessee. Um, now, I know you were part of some crazy stuff with coaches while you were at UT with, you know, you coming in in Kiffin's class, technically, and, you know, duly leaving your last year. Um, what, what, what do you have to say about the Pruitt situation? What do you think – how does it make you feel as a as a VFL? Oh man, it just it it, it kind of hurts me just for the fact that you know we can't keep a coach. Um, I really feel like we don't give uh, the coaches the right a right amount of years to you know prove themselves. Uh, he's basically just proved himself and just getting people in there uh, with recruiting. He's bringing some good guys in. I feel like we were going the right way. Just had a couple of. Uh, bumps along the road so um I mean it's COVID year I don't think a person should have been based off this year alone because you know we had a real tough schedule and everything like that no warm mm -hmm. games as they say so uh I feel like he they cut him cut him loose too soon yeah I I would agree um you know going through coaching changes myself I, I always felt like three or four years is is too little 
guy needs more time. I think he needs a full four years of, you know, cycling in his own recruits, his own guys in there, you know, learning about his team. I mean, the first year, you don't even know who you got to start with. Right. So I, I, I do think it's tough. And like you said, during a pandemic year, it's like you'd think you'd have a have some leeway in the one year right. possible to have some leeway. But uh, I think it was my personal opinion. I think the recruiting stuff was just so they could get him out of there. I don't think it was as, as, as severe as they're making it seem. Now, they haven't come out with anything yet. They haven't said anything see, about what, yeah, what happened. But I just feel like that this is, okay, now we don't have to pay him a buyout um, and a reason to get rid of him. Yeah, like, well, in, in my case, you know, when we had Dooley, they let him go right before we had the last game. Yeah. And, I mean, I was like, man, he didn't came this far. You might as well let him finish the season out. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, man. Let I mean, let us finish with our coach. Some people leaving next year, the seniors. I mean, let them, at least let them finish. Yeah. The way they just – the loyalty, loyalty in, in sports is just tough all, all by itself. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, so you said, you know, have him finish. That was your junior year. And with everything, you know, with everything that's happened, you know, you were picked 34th overall, all that kind of stuff. When you came in and, and Kiffin had just left, if rules were the same now as they were back then, would you have maybe gone to transfer portal at any time or anything like that? Because I asked Juwan the same question. He said no. But now it's so easy for guys to go anywhere. And I was just wondering, like, nah. your point of view on it. Nah, I felt like I made the right decision uh, with going to school anyway yeah. at Tennessee. I, I didn't want to uh, go all the way on the West Coast anyway. And <laughs> the, guys, the, the guys that I had at Tennessee uh, made, it, made it my best experience. So yeah. uh, I felt like we played a lot of good games together. And we yeah. made a lot of noise. I always think it's I always think it's more important to you know pick a place based off the guys on the team at the time and the guys in the recruiting class you connect with than it is a coach because I just feel like a coach is never guaranteed uh, especially I mean I had three O line coaches three offensive coordinators two head coaches so it's just like I never felt like that was a guarantee when you're going to it. I've had I feel I feel the same way because I mean like coming in my recruiting process it was a guy um, he was coaching at Florida he was a receiver coach uh, I think it was Bobby Garcia it was, Bob, it was some Garcia I forgot his name but he um, was recruiting me from Florida and then uh, like a week later was with LSU recruiting me again <laughs> and I was like man yeah like he was just like you know how they gotta sell one team yeah then exactly going back to the new team and bashing that same team you just talked about so I mean yeah like I, I find find my enjoyment in the players and the teammates and whatnot it's more than the coaches like you said well I know I know Vol Nation is happy that you stayed um and happy that you were part of our program so uh, let's move into you know your career everything it's it, it's happened for you now Drafted in the second round to the Titans. You've had a few stops since then, the Bills, the Steelers. What is it like, you know, 
being in the NFL, going through all that stuff, Juwan, you know, he said it was a business. And, you know, especially with you, you had to move a lot. Well, I mean, how stressful is that, having to move city to city and not necessarily knowing what's in the future? Start off playing. Playing is a dream come true. I mean, you work so hard for it. Uh, most kids start real young and work their way up. A lot fall short, but still, maybe some people make it. But uh, it's definitely a business. Uh, it's definitely levels to it. Uh, high school is probably the most enjoyable. You get to college, it's a little bit more business-like. Then you get to the NFL, it's business all the way. They got to make business decisions from a roster standpoint. Uh, I've seen people come in and they made one bad mistake and they're gone. I mean, yeah, people don't do that in college. I mean, it's it's really business-like out there. Uh, with the moving situation, uh, just overall is is tough. I mean, for myself, you know, with kids and everything like that, they're in school. Yeah. So sometimes I have to leave them behind and, and go on to uh, my new destination. And I mean, it's, it's tough, but you know, it, it's, a, it, you can adjust. So. Yeah. Like you said, it. it's, 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 it's your dream to do it. So I guess you just got to roll with the punches when they happen. Man, they're paying that check. You, know, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So did you ever think about, cause I know you uh, did track in college also. Did you ever think about, possibly after college going into track, maybe like trying for Olympics or anything like that? Man, man, my, my, my dream fell short after I busted up my knee. Yeah. Uh, so year, I mean, that was my jump leg. Uh, I, I have thoughts of going back to do a bit of I just had to change up my whole form and everything like that. And that's a lot. So I'm just going to leave that in the past. <laughs> do you think that, that do you think that ACL injury really affected like your, overall career and, and what it is and what it could have been and anything like that ah yeah I mean I, I go back and forth uh just for the fact that for myself I know I was doing like craziest stuff before I got hurt yeah and I mean it, it probably pissed a little damper on everything that went on but I have seen people that had ACLs that still carried carried out you know mm-hmm. being good and whatnot so I mean it, it, I'm 50 50 with it yeah, uh, I know I can't dunk on my left leg no more. Sure. <laughs> you <laughs> just a, don't. It's, it's a grim razor. You just don't. You just don't want to try it, or nah, I've tried it. Uh, off just like the instinct, but I mean, it's like a rim grazer. If I come <laughs> off my right, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no more dunking on Antonio anymore, huh? Man, 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 man. Nah, he'll, he'll, try, he'll try to take me out of the air. You seen it? You seen it yeah. that day? Yeah, you seen yeah. It. No, he didn't. He didn't. It's not a block. It's bully ball when he's trying when he's trying to defend you. Like he doesn't even go for the ball. It's just body to body. Come yeah, on, let, let me chest. Ball. Let me chest bump you real quick. Yeah. I, ever since then, I was like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not testing him no more. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I did want to ask you this because I, you know, offensive lineman, I have no idea about the skill set of a wide receiver. What exactly it takes, you know, to be at the top. And Devontae Smith just seems to be in another realm compared to all the other guys around him. I mean, putting up monster numbers all throughout the SEC, has 200-plus yards at half in the national championship. What is it about him that makes him so dangerous, makes him so good out there on the field? Man, uh, he just has that it, man. I mean, he has that mentality. You know, nobody can guard him. 
Uh, I know you've seen probably like the memes and everything like that of uh, his size and what he looks like. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it really it remind matter. me remind me of you. It don't matter. They call him the Slim yeah, Reaper. <laughs> and he is. I mean, yes. two fifteen and halftime. You got to be crazy. Yeah, uh, he's really he's really a different breed, man. Like you know what he's uh, capable of, but uh, at the same time, he uh, they can't stop him. I mean, you know yeah. what you know what you're gonna get every week, and it's like, what's the game plan this week? How are we gonna stop him? And then you get film after film after film, and nobody can, can stop him. I mean, so I'm not surprised he got the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just think the way he performed all throughout the year, I mean, I, it was baffling to me that he could do as well as he did in the national championship game. You got, you know, weeks to prepare. You He, is, he already won the Heisman. You know who he is. How was it not like – let's stop this one guy and then deal with everything else. I, I just, as a defensive, like <laughs> as a defensive coordinator, like how, how can you let that happen to you? I know he's good, but like playing man coverage on the man, like you can't do that. But it's, but it goes to the offensive coordinator too, for doing a good job of trying to get him the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to move him in different spots, you know, you just keep him in one spot. I mean, then they're going to really figure it out. Yeah. But, um, uh, he he's very athletic. Uh, he has great hands. Uh, he can go up and get the ball fast too, man. Fast, fast, and he's been balling ever since his freshman year. Yeah. So I mean, you think the Jets think the Jets think the Jets should take him number two? I mean, I, I would. That's high for a wide receiver. It's tough, man. <laughs> man, I, all I'm saying is this, man. Him playing, they're not gonna hurt him. Yeah, it's not gonna hurt him. It's gonna I mean, only be better. only be only be better. I'm saying it's not. I mean, they're gonna be better than where they were last year. I mean, yeah. getting him. So. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for you. It's different for me. One thing is certain: every day there's an opportunity to win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab and go. Every day giftable. Every day fun. The new lucky number scratcher from the Virginia Lottery. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus four bonus games. Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Very can't, true. Can't get worse. Now, so. you've had some uh, dominant games. You actually had eight different games of over 100 yards receiving while you are at UT. What would you say either playing or just, you know, being at the university was – like your your best memory, your most fond memory, memory of being there. Come off the field with a win. There you go. <laughs> Those are few to come by back then. Nah, but uh, uh, some enjoyable times, uh, especially summer conditioning. Uh, that used to always be fun because it's always something going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy, everybody was so fun. I mean, a lot of competition, a lot of work. It was a lot of fights so i yes. mean you got got a lot of it um off the field hanging out with the guys was definitely fun always it was never a dull moment in tennessee yeah uh and just football wise man just watching my boys go out there and ball man they out there balling i mean i'm ball so i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how we took it yeah i i speaking of competition and, and fun during camp i remember uh the night you and uh, Devon Young raced right outside of Gibbs, 
<laughs> to see who was faster as Devin yeah, came in man. hot. He was a freshman. Yes. He, you know, he's like, I've ran a four, four, maybe even a four, three. I got you. Uh, and I mean, people were doing side bets. It was, it was hilarious. Man. Watch you guys. Y'all you, you were, you were into it. Pissed at each other. Where I'm from, where I'm from, we racing the street. You got something to prove. We're going to race in the street. Hey, so it was start. it started from meetings. It started from meetings. We talking about it all day. Uh, man, you know, we got a little test. We got a lot hot. Um, so we took it out there, man. I think he got me one. I got him one. So I think we we uh, ended yeah, that. I think it was call, if but. if it goes shorter distance, Devin was good at that. But long distance is your legs. If I stride, if I stride out on him, no, no, there's way. no way. No. There's no way anybody's catching you. I think that's nah, so funny because nah. it is a universal thing, guys on every team. I'm faster than you. Like it is always an argument. I mean, I, I even saw it, you know, for my cups of coffee I had in the NFL in NFL locker rooms. I'm faster than you. You can't guard me. Anything like that. It is always a competition. I don't know if people understand that. It it did it doesn't have to be necessarily on the field. There is always a competition between guys. You know what's crazy? Uh something used to get me really right for practice was uh, you know, when we used to do hidden drills or some type of competition drills before practice. Uh-huh. Y'all used to go against the D lineman. I'm like, that's gonna set the tone. <laughs> set the tone. We're gonna move the ball, we're gonna kick their tail every day, that every play, every period. I mean, it was going on from there. You would have you, hey, you, you loved some uh some of the Butch Jones stuff that we did. It was circle of life and it was starting every practice. And it was just who the fuck is stronger than the other one just getting after it. And that always, yeah, it's, it is, it's a fight and it, it definitely set the tone going into practice. Um, So let me ask you this though. Okay. Let me ask you, uh, uh, any day that you come out there, it's like, man, I hope you don't pick me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I, I don't, I think maybe when it first started, I was like, Bro, I'm tired. I'm worn out from yesterday's practice. I don't know if I really want to do this right now. Um, but then it started to become, hey, this is pride on the line versus Divas alignment. If you get called out, if you lose, it's embarrassing. They put it on, they put they put it on highlight reels and freaking rotate it inside the facility, like practice highlight reels. And if you got dumped, really? yes, if you got dumped in Circle of Life, it was up there. And you saw yeah, it all through. We had that in one-on-ones. All through camp, they had that. Just boom, boom, boom. Just and they'd update it every day and then just keep running it all. Yes, it was insane. Is this bro. place throughout practice? Like, is it just from that, that period or is it like different? So, so they updated every practice. They took place from every practice, put it into the reel. And then we had like TVs in the locker room right outside the locker room, all throughout the new facility, next to the nutrition bar, all that. And uh, it would just rotate, like just roll through the highlights. So if you're – I mean, you're in the facility. talking so bad. Yeah, you're in the facility all day. So you just keep seeing it over and over. And I remember I got got Travaris Salisbury bad one time in Circle (laughs) Life. Like he – like – yeah, like I, I, we butted as soon as we butted, his knee hit the ground, and I just dumped straight up. So it was an immediate, just dumping, and he was pissed. 
for a full month. Damn. He just had to keep seeing that rotate through the thing, and he was so mad. I don't he ain't like you no more. No, <laughs> like, definitely, <laughs> definitely not. He's like, damn, bro, why'd you have to do me like that? Um, so I was gonna ask, you know, competition and everything we we talk about, and you can you can give me like a college example and an NFL example. Who is the toughest DB? Uh, that you had to go against a corner you had to go against. That's just, I mean, he was an elite guy. He he gave you all he got. He was, it, I mean, it was a it was a really good competition. College wise, uh, if you don't have one in college, you could just say there is there wasn't one. Man, I can say straight defense though. You know, Alabama defense is tough. Yeah, always tough. Uh, I say uh, I had to go against Stephon Gilmore a lot when I was with the Bills. Yeah, um, he, uh, a big, smart corner. So I mean, it was always tough against him. He picks the right angles. He if he guesses, he guesses right a lot. Yeah. So uh, he was real tough. Um, somebody else. Oof. Brent Grimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was tough. Uh, when he was with the Dolphins, I mean, he was short, and you know, he's fast too. Yeah, yeah. I, like, man, I can get around him. I mean, but he's he he turns his hips so fast, and I'm like, man, he's right there. He's quick, so man. Like, he's like a little little bulldog. It's crazy. I mean, very explosive too. Yeah. Uh, but in college, ah, it was tough. Um, DJ Swearinger was tough. Um. Nobody, nobody at Ole Miss. Nobody. No, no, that was a big game for you. No, <laughs> nobody was, was like that. Uh, Tremaine Johnson from uh, from Montana was pretty good. Oh, okay. And I think, well, I got one. Uh, Jonathan Banks. We played Mississippi State. Uh, it was a lot of talk between me and him going on uh, against each other in the game. Yeah. And I didn't know he was uh, as tall as he was and had uh, long limbs as he did. So he was probably around like 6'3. I remember okay. one time he got on the line. He got on the line. I was like, dang, man, it's like me going against me. Bro. Yeah, exactly. You're so usually, was, you're usually a lot taller. Yeah. So that was definitely a different experience. I ain't never won it. He was probably the biggest corner I went against in college at that time. Yeah. At a height wise. So I was like, man, it's going to be a day. I mean, we ended up doing good, though. We just uh, couldn't stop them dudes, but it was really tough. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've, I told people this before, but Dante Fowler, he's a defensive end at Florida. He got drafted third overall. He went to the Jaguars. He, I mean, he was an athlete out of this world, and it was uh, my second game at left tackle, and I had to go against him. Man, he worked me, bro. He got two sacks on me that day. <laughs> he had a play. He had a play where he swam. He did a swim move four times on me in one play. Like hit me to swim. I put my arm out. He went the other side. Flipped his hips. Hit me. Swam. Hit me. Swam. Hit me. Swam. On one play, I'm freaking out, just trying to survive. And yeah, my secret stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And. He got drafted third overall to the Jaguars, and they're like, uh, the Jaguars select Dante Fowler. And then the first play to come up 
is me sitting on it. It's just a stack (laughs) on me. I'm like, come on, bro. I was like, at least I made it it on draft day, I guess. It was tough. Hey, for real. (laughs) Hey, I know it's tough. I know it's tough, man. You got his best that day. I know you did. You know, know, intensity of that game. Bro, they hate. Tennessee. We, we hate each other. And I, I know a lot of people want to say, like, the Alabama maybe is the biggest rivalry. But, dude, no. Yeah, people we Florida, hate each other. I hate how much they talk. Oh, they won't um, shut up. I know. They like you know, they, they do all that. They gator chomping about you. <laughs> you and I, uh, I, can, yeah. I, can, I can believe we lost some games to them, though, man. I know. They're, they're definitely top. Ridiculous. Um. So, you know, once you got picked 34th overall, you got into the NFL, was there any, like, funny stories where you had to, you know, maybe a rookie dinner or anything like that where it's like, hey, you got to you gotta get something for the, for the vets or? Hey, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really had it good um, coming out from what I've seen so far, you know, some people go like 10,000, 8,000, something like that. Mine was $800. Okay. Yeah. I came there, hey, hey, look, <laughs> I can't be paying this. <laughs> it was cool though. Yeah. My group was real cool. My group was real cool. Uh, I was like, man, I can't be paying this, man. They was about to start ordering bottles, shots, all good, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> it didn't go down like that. It's, I just ordered one bottle, kept it pushing. They, they let me off the hook though. They they hey, they might have went up if you were thirty second. Like if you would have made it in that first round, they might have went up on you. But it's crazy though, from what I've seen, people that got picked right there. It doesn't well in Pittsburgh. I'm gonna say it's like this: they don't care. Yeah, yeah, you gonna get it. You gonna get it. <laughs> don't let it be the offense. You gonna get it. Yeah. Six maybe sixteen plus. And they oh gosh, yes, yeah. So have you ever seen the clumps how they pulled up to the restaurant? Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, you got to look it up. It's crazy. <laughs> That's exactly how they be. I, uh, my only experience, I literally signed to, I was undrafted, signed to practice squad with Tampa for like two months. That was the longest I was in NFL. It's the last two months of the year. So we're there at Christmas and we're doing this, uh, like, um, a Yankee swap or white elephant, whatever, you know, where everyone gets one gift. And you pick it out, and then you can either keep it or pick another one, whatever. And the minimum was $700. Now, I have been there for a month and a half. I have a month and a half worth of a practice squad salary. And I'm thinking about seven. I've never bought anything that's $700 (laughs) at that point. I'm like, what the heck do you buy? buy? What is $700? I have no idea. And, and one of the rules was no electronics. So that's that's hard. I'm lost. I'm lost. I I, I have no idea. (laughs) I start like researching. I'm like, maybe I can get a helicopter ride. Then it's like, Oh, you got to buy two seats for people over 250. I was like, maybe I can get shoes. I was like, well, but dude, where's an 18? Like, I don't know what to get. I ended up getting, I ended up getting a huge box of cigars. He probably had like 35 cigars in there. And then this, like really expensive gas lighter that had like four flames pop up out of it. And it ended up being like 700 in total. But man, I was stressing out during that. And I was like, how am I supposed to do like, I'm, 
I'm the least experienced here. I didn't get no signing bonus, no nothing, man. Like, hey, I'm, man. I'm surviving off these care, checks. <laughs> no, I uh, do not. We had uh, our total was like at a thousand practice squad, it used to be like 500. So, you know, uh, we always did like a secret Santa. So, I mean, you get people, I don't see some people get some crazy gifts, some, some nice, uh, some Alexander Wayne shoes, uh, speakers, hoverboards, iPads, bags. Yeah. Uh, get a whole bunch of stuff, man. I, and they ain't cheap. <laughs> they no, ain't cheap. no. I mean, I, I appreciate it too. Cause I got, I got some gifts, you know, I was there for a little bit, didn't play at all. And still like Doug, like Doug, uh, Doug Martin, who was a running back gave all the linemen 150 to foot locker, like $150 gift card to foot locker. And then Jameis was a quarterback and he gave all the linemen like 200 bucks in gift cards to this nice restaurant. So I was like, oh, for real? yeah, I was like, I'll take that. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no questions. Asked. But it, it, it ain't nothing for Jameis. He was first pick. So he was rolling in it. Man, I know it. I know it. Should have took you on a boat ride. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, Speaking of purchases, was there one like big purchase? Once you got your money, you were like, damn, bro, I want to get that. Like, like a car maybe or a house you know the one you're living in it was there was there a one big purchase you're like this is what i want to use that money for this is what i've been dreaming of man uh yeah i got a camaro I got, well i just had to get i got my first car so i got a camaro uh crazy story about that was i got it uh like two months later um a car totals it off the side of the street oh bro yeah, my and then they they towed the car uh, without telling me, and I woke up in the morning, walked outside, and thought I was somebody had been robbed me. Man, it was it was <laughs> crazy. And then I had to get to practice right before game. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. It was a crazy day. Uh, but yeah, bought that man it hurt me to my heart. Then had to get another car because I couldn't drive that one no more. It was gutted in. Dang, that sucks. Yeah, Your man. First, first car. car. First car. Sure. Ain't never, ain't, ain't never gonna <laughs> got it for show. So, All right. Well, uh, yeah. I know you went through like combine and everything like that. And, and people always tell stories about how they ask the craziest questions or you have to be put in the craziest situations. Is there anything like that? Cause I've heard that dudes will just be in a room. It's full of, you know, GMs and scouts and you're standing there in compressions just like turning in a circle so they can look at you while you're in there. I've heard that. Is that true? <laughs> ain't happened to me. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, some, some coaches, uh, they just talk, talk about life. Uh, others talk about ball. Uh, and my worst one was when they sat me in a room, uh, I barely can answer a question because they kept cutting me off and showing me nothing but bad film. Oh, nothing but bad film. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, da, da, da. I, why, why did you drop this ball? Man, I, the sun was in my eyes. The sun? <laughs> said, the sun? <laughs> he said, we play every day at 12, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock. What you mean? I said, yeah. And the dude just kept hammering it, hammering it, hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. Uh, some, I got the um, – it was a test, uh, I think, the Bengals gave me. 
they gave me a test right there with their psychologist type type stuff and their head coach looking at me like this whole time, asking <laughs> questions with everybody around. I'm like, Damn, what the what is this? Wrong? Yeah, but nah, uh, some some people were cool, but that one and all the bad film had me like, yo, hey man, you feel real bad in there. Like, dang, I know you dropped the ball. <laughs> like, I didn't even realize I dropped that ball. Dang. Yo, yo, you can't, you can't do this, that, and the third. I'm like, yo, okay, I got you, got you, got you. So, yeah, well, no, they were hammering me. You'll be happy to know your film was actually used to install something in Butch's system of what he does. He brought to Tennessee. Literally, you and, and, and Derek, what you did versus Cincinnati changed the way Coach Jones coached because he it had saw- to be because it happened to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Y'all, y'all went off. Both of you went off. And the thing, he, the thing that he installed was first up. And it was because after every single catch y'all had, after every single thing that you did, you were the first off the ground. You were throwing that ball to the ref, throwing it on the ground, talking shit to them, getting in their face. You were first up every time off the ground. And it, he said it was demoralizing to the corners and everyone covering you. <laughs> like, you know, like, like Derek got, got hit that one big yes, hit sir. in the end zone. Yes. Who's the first off the ground. The other guys lying yep. down, Derek st- sits up, no helmet on. And is like, heck I yeah, I just caught there. that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And that, that, that weighs on dudes trying to cover you. If you beat him on the route, you catch an incredible ball, you get a first down, and then you stand up first after they tackle you, it they're done. They're I mean, they hey. have no confidence. And Coach Jones saw that from you two and was like, I have to teach this. It has to be but part you know, of the program. You know, uh uh leading up to that game, you know, we had a uh who do we play right before? Did we play NC State right before? No. I don't yes, know if did. NC State was the game before. No, 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 that's a year after. Uh, I think we played Montana, Montana, them, and then we played Florida, yeah. So we just beat Montana, coming off a good game. Uh, you know, we're going to be nationally televised, playing against Cincinnati. They got uh, Isaiah P, you know, they run, they were good last year. We got to come in there. We got to, you know, they've been talking stuff about it. So we got to, let, let's go. Yeah. So we had yeah. all the hype during the week, man. And we put that work on the field. We, yeah. I think we both had 10 catches apiece. Uh, about 100 yards a piece, so we had some records in that, like that. And you know, man, Cincinnati ain't want none of this. No. Oh, no, 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 and it, and it set us up, it set us up so high the next week because I think game day came, or, or yeah, was that your last no. year or was that the, the sophomore year? No, that was uh, sophomore year. I was that, and that was the game I got hurt, yeah, at in Gainesville. Yeah. yeah, damn. Yeah, so yeah, we were moving like we I know striking. Offense was so going was out of this world. I know, I know, but credit to us on offense though. We 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 kept it up though. I mean, we had some we still had some bumps in the road, but I mean, we kept it pushing. Yeah, I mean, we, we had bro, we had studs all over that field with with you, Derek, uh, Zero, you know, Bray slinging that Silent thing. Killer. Um, you know, Jawan and Zach and James and you know Dallas Thomas and on the O line, you know, 
Rivera at tight end. I mean, it was stupid. 2012 was a ridiculous, ridiculous year for offense. Yeah, my junior year. Yeah, it, it just it hurts me because I didn't go to another bowl since my freshman year, and we yeah. were six to six. After yeah. that, after that, that that freshman year, we got so much better along the way, but our record didn't reflect on that. I know. So I mean, it, it, that's the only hurting hurting part I ever had about the school. <laughs> yeah. like, we were so good, and we can win no games. So it, it it was it was terrible, but. We definitely had athletes around. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I, so. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of you guys came in, you know, with Kiffin. I think he brought a lot of good players into Tennessee. And that is the big story right now is people saying maybe bringing Kiffin back to Tennessee. What would you think Man. about that? <laughs> why why would why would they bring why would Kiffin want to come back? I mean, for, I mean, understand, understand. I mean, he did he did wrong, just got out of there. But man, you've been at the games like I've been at the games. People hate him. Like, I know. That's fake love coming back there, man. That's, <laughs> I know. That's fake I know. love, man. I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't. But I mean, they should just go get somebody else and just let him stay. I mean, give him a chance. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Kiffin should not. Nah, Kiffin shouldn't come back. They shouldn't go after Kiffin. That's. That's, that's that's a burnt story right there. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> throw it away. I agree. I agree. I think I think it's uh it's a little hectic if if you were to bring him in. Um, I know he's a good recruiter, but man, does he have a lot of a lot of uh, marks on his resume? You know what I mean? Just man, they tore up the school. They tore up man. It was burning days <laughs> and all that when he left. Come on, man. He's gonna come back to that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, man, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you talking with uh, talking to me, you know, about your whole career, and and uh, you know, I think Vol Nation will be be happy to hear from you. Um, what are you What are you doing nowadays? What What's What's going on in your life? You, you know, you're still working out, still trying to get back on a team, or what? Uh, yeah, definitely trying to do that. Um, actually, for the time being, uh, working with Marlon Walls. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he's coaching at St. Benedict down here in Memphis. So um, uh, I am the receiver coach over there, and we're trying to turn the program around, man. So this is a very good experience for me uh, for what I want to do after football. Yeah. So so, so you definitely um, you definitely uh, want to coach when you're done? Uh, yeah, maybe train coach, you know, something along that lines. But uh, I feel like I'm getting a good experience working with different type of kids and uh, different uh, – say different um just different kids all along and just seeing how they are different uh, emotions and everything like that yeah uh it's it, it's it's tough uh but i enjoy it i say yeah. i see what i get at the end of it i think you're gonna get you know the most reward the 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 best out of coaching those high school guys that need it so much that you know not necessarily have been coached you know, through their like peewee years or anything like that. And the growth that high school guys from like freshman to senior is so huge because like I even did some O-line training in Knoxville and it's so rewarding seeing the turnaround that they can have. And I've heard way too many horror stories of coaches in college to ever really want to step foot in that realm, just how much they work, how long they're there. 
you know, yeah. the stress it's they have to time. go through. It's it's crazy. Yeah, that's why I'm like doing doing high school right now. It's yeah. not so much time. It's it's definitely a big difference, man. You know, like us, we're used to being in meetings, this, that, and the third, trying yeah. to get it down packed for the game. High school is a lot different. No, they don't even but t- the touch is, though, a meeting man, room. Yes, I mean, at all. But yeah. for them, like, I talk to them, and they don't know, like, the terminology that I know and, like, what I'm trying to – what I'm yeah, telling yeah, them. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like, if I can get – uh, a certain amount of kids just to pay attention and listen and really harness what I'm saying, it's going to be so easy for them. And that's the yeah. rewarding part. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, it'd be on my resume too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, I, I again, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on what's going on. And I wish you all the luck. I hope you guys have a great season next year uh, with the high school team. And uh, go Vols, baby. Yeah, go Vols. Appreciate you for having me. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, follow me on all my social medias. It's Kyler Kerbison on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, you can give me a shout. Call or text the number 865-322-9232. And I can answer some of your questions for you. So really appreciate you guys. Please uh, share with all your friends and family. And as always, go Vols. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube